Welcome back to the Authentic Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Ruthie Gray. In today's episode, we have a special focus on the emptiness stage of life. I'm joined by four incredible guests, Suzanne, Brenda, Kathy, and Pat, who share their emptiness experiences and insights. We're going to discuss the different stages from the term boomerang empty nesting, which was new to me, to fully retired empty nesting. Each guest discusses how they navigate this stage of life, whether it involves grandchildren, side gigs, or pursuing new passions. These gals also touch on the power of community and the importance of investing in oneself in this stage of life especially when it comes to thriving in the online business world. They share their top takeaways from the book, Empty Nest Awakening, which is on sale everywhere right now. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And something all four of these women have in common is they participated in different iterations of Authentic Online Marketing School, which is the perfect blend of Instagram and newsletter marketing. You'll hear them refer to the training and how that impacted their potential client reach and solidified their customer base. Authentic Online Marketing School is opening on Black Friday, as I've been telling you. So I want you aware that this will help position you as you market your book, podcast, service, or product. And we particularly work with women in midlife and empty nest because... Women of our mature age have a different set of needs when it comes to understanding and using Instagram and online marketing trends. So as you're listening, keep that in mind and take a look around our Authentic Online Marketing School page. We'll have it in the link in the show notes and sign up for the AOMS wait list so that you'll be ready to hear what we're offering this year. So join us today as we explore the joys and challenges of the emptiness stage and learn from these four inspiring women who have found purpose, growth, and fulfillment in their online marketing journeys. It's a conversation filled with wisdom, authenticity, and the desire to make the most of this exciting phase of life. So grab your headphones and listen in. Welcome to Authentic Online Marketing with Ruthie Gray. Growing awareness for your blog, podcast, book, or product involves more than dancing to reels and yelling, buy my thing. This show models quality over clamor so you can put your spin on your message and market in a way that feels authentic to you because nobody wants to sound like an infomercial. And now here's your host, Ruthie Gray. What is your empty nest stage right now and what do you do? Kathy, I'm going to let you start. I think what they would call me is a boomerang empty nester. My kids have been out of the house for about 10 years. So we had a, we've had a couple of periods of no kids. But my oldest daughter a few years ago moved back with her two children who are 9 and 15. I still regard myself as an empty nester because I pretty much live my life like I would, except I do help out with the kids some. But they kind of have their own life. Yeah, it's interesting that we say empty nest, but a lot of times... Many of us, it's reverted. <laughs> this happens yeah. a lot. It and happened I, to me. And I called my my candles the retired empty nester. And I've had people say, well, I'm not retired or I'm not an empty nester. But I say, if you're in the general age range where that's a possibility, then we're going to call you a retired empty 
That's what you're doing right now is focusing on speaking to retired empty nesters. Yes. And just about how to thrive in this period. I had kind of a slump and I felt like uh, this summer the Lord said, get out of your bed and go serve somebody, number one. Keep learning and go have some fun. So that's the three pillars of my content, how to thrive by learning, serving, and having fun. I love it. Suzanne, what stage are you in in the empty nest? And what do you do? Well, we've not had any children come back. I don't think they want to live with us. (laughs) But we have three children. Two of them are married. We have seven grandchildren and a daughter that is single. So yeah, our empty nest has continued to be empty, but we do welcome family members to come back, you know, and visit and uh, then send them on their way. And what I do is my bio and my Instagram says I'm a midlife inspirer and champion. So I love helping women feel confident. Um, I do that partly through my business with One Life by Alcohol, skincare and makeup and hair care. So I'm partially retired. Mm-hmm. Like a side gig. So Brenda, what stage of empty nesting are you in and what do you do? Okay, well, my current stage of empty nesting is that I am officially retired, but I have never liked that word, so it's still hard for me to say it. So I spent all the years that we've been married working either part-time or full-time in legal settings in law offices. And so last year, I took the leap and I'm no longer gainfully employed by a law firm. That's been fun for me. It's been unique and very different. And I've taken time to be have more time to help with grandchildren. So that's been a lot of fun. But Also, I'm continuing those pursuits that I began um, when Instagram began to be a thing for me. And I'm continuing social media presence and I've taken a pivot and I'm doing some skincare things. And so that's been a lot of fun. But I still focus on intentional adventure because I believe that focusing on seeing life as an intentional adventure helps us to think about our own selves a little and to think about every other good thing in life a lot. So that's That's still what I do. And it's really pretty much what I've always done. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about your emptiness stage and your family. Okay. So um, we are grandparents to three grandchildren. The oldest one is a 15-year-old granddaughter. And she's currently in the playoffs headed to the state championship with her volleyball team. So that's Mm. pretty exciting. And then we have down to number two grandchild, which is a grandson, and he's three. So we're experiencing all that you know, toddler stage and temper tantrums and all of that with him. And he's, he's delightful. And then we have an almost one-year-old grandson. So they live away from us. Nobody lives here in the same city. We live in Dallas, but nobody else lives here with us, no family members. Mm-hmm. And so we go to Sugarland down by Houston to see the two little grandsons. And we go to Amarillo to see our granddaughter. And then we go to D.C. to see our son, but he's living his best single life in D.C. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a full life. Well, Pat, what stage of empty nesting are you in and what do you do? Well, I am firmly ensconced. I first of all want to apologize for the background. Um, As Ruthie may have pointed out, I'm at an airport right now, actually going to meet a friend I met through podcasting, which is what I do right now. I'm a podcast producer. In terms of empty nest syndrome, my kids the youngest one just actually came back to Atlanta. I live in Atlanta after completing a year at college. And I live around all of my kids. They all live in the Atlanta area right now. And I'm seven minutes from my two little grandkids, five and one and a half. 
but I'm also in a little different stage because I'm, I've been divorced for a year and that's been a place that I've never anticipated I would be. And it's really put a spin on my empty nesting, but God is good. And really that's what I have to end up with. I love my life right now. I love where I am. I love what I'm doing. And I was miserable two years ago. So, I mean, God is just amazing. Thank you for being transparent with us about that, because we are. A lot of times our life doesn't turn out the way we thought it would. And actually, usually it doesn't. (laughs) But we're all in different stages, like kids living with us again. And just you just never know. But the empty nest can be an exciting and hopeful time. And these four women are proof of that. And I have worked with these women for years off and on. And it's just, it's fun to have them in the same room again. But we're going to talk about the book for a little bit. And they have all been on my launch team. They've been so supportive. So we're going to talk about the book, Empty Nest Awakening. I'm going to start with Kathy. What was your top takeaway from the book? Don't wait to invest in yourself. Because I kind of knew that we've worked together a long time. But when I read it this time, it was like, how many more years do you think you have to pay somebody to coach you or take a course? And I've been in the online world since 2015. I've done all the freebies, trying to make do because when you're not making money at first, you feel like, should I spend the money? But I will tell you every time. I've invested myself with a course or a group or a coach. I have progressed toward whatever goal I had so much faster. And I've had about three different, this is, I'm on my third um, online iteration. I had a blog for Midlife Women, my side of 50. I had a Rodan and Fields business that I ran for a few years that I still just kind of maintain. And now I'm the retired empty nester. So every time I invest in good, coaching and training and community. I'm happier in my business and I do better. I think that most women our age, because these are the these are the ages of women that I work with, is the empty nesters, will say the same. We just do better when we have community and a guide. And my mantra in the book, community grows opportunity. So I think that's a great point, Kathy. And what about you, Suzanne? Top takeaway for the book. I'm going to tag along on what you all said is about community because like Kathy, I have taken, you know, freebies and tried to do DIY a lot of things. And until I joined Ruby's community, I really never settled on or sealed in particular habits and business changes. But along with that community, and this is another point of the book, if you have to make a pivot, those guys are right along with you and, you know, cheer you on and help you turn to whatever direction you need in a way that seems, you know, a graceful pivot. So I was, I've been very thankful for that as well. Being in the community and having to make a pivot, it's been a little more seamless than it would have been without the girls in the group and the mentorship. And I want everybody listening to know that this isn't just about my group or my mentorship either. This is this is for any empty nester that is uh, seeking to thrive in this stage, seeking to find something. You know, maybe you want to join a, a crochet club or learn to paint or watercolor. 
but it's great to go out and find your community. So that's what we're talking about as far as that goes. So Brenda, what was your top takeaway for from Empty Nest Awakening? Well, I really like this where you said, Ruthie's heart of a legacy is deciding not to give in to self-pity and doubt and instead claiming God's new mercies. I really liked all the legacy elements that you weaved into this book because that's really what we're doing is leaving a legacy. There's always the temptation when we have this emptiness change in our lives to give in to some self-pity and a lot of doubt because what we've always done no longer seems necessary or valuable in some ways. And so the self-pity can really creep in. So I liked what you said about claiming God's new mercies because he is right there with us in the empty nest. And maybe it's just all new and a fresh time with him as well. So I really like that part, just examining what our legacy really is going to be and then claiming God's new mercies for it. I like that. It's interesting when I was asked that question, I didn't know. I couldn't really name the thing. In fact, one of the chapters is called Name the Thing. It's not concrete in our minds until we name it. If you haven't read the book, we have a chapter on the legacy that you want to leave. What do you want your legacy to be? And I have at the end some fill in the blanks for you to think about. But I have several, I think it's like 15, 10 or 15 legacy statements from women that I've worked with. And those statements will get you thinking. So name the legacy. Pat, what about you? That's one of the things I wanted to point out. I love the journaling the an- and the, the answer pages kind of at the end of each of the chapters, because so much was coming up, you know, during reading the chapter. And I was like, oh, where can I put these notes? Oh, wait, right here. <laughs> so it's all together. But for me, I kind of had two takeaways. One of them was to embrace joy. And sometimes you have to look for it. And this is a combination of things that really sparked in me while I was reading your book, because it was like you were in my head. But if you're drawing a blank, when you think about what you want to do for the rest of your life, I actually wrote this down. Start with the threads of your strengths. You know, Ruthie, we had a lot of time together. I had no idea what I was going to do with my, not only with the emptiness, but with my impending divorce. And I was the definition of a hot mess. And you encouraged me to really basically start with the threads of my strengths and look at what I have been doing, what I enjoyed doing, and that encouraged me to continue to pivot. We hashed and rehashed some things. So when I was writing this book, I was thinking about the things that I've done and the things that I have consulted my clients to do. And I thought about you in particular in in some of the conversations that we had had. And I think that if people will, when they read the book, they'll be able to see their own threads, because there are many questions that you can ask yourselves and a lot of examples there that you can see to be able to weave those. The next question I have is, what is an obstacle or problem you faced as an empty nester and how might emptiness awakening help you overcome that? Kathy, what do you think? I loved being an empty nester when nobody was here. I love my house to myself. And I like keeping it neat. So when my daughter and the kids moved back, it was a necessary situation as much as I loved them. But I had a a lot of resentment that I was going to have to change a few things. And it, it was like, you know, we talk about things don't turn out the way you think they're going to. 
So this was not something that I thought it was going to turn out that way. So I guess the challenge at that time, because I was blogging, and then I had people in my house at first that were in crisis, is maintaining what I had established for myself, this blog that I felt like I was called to do with all the other distractions. And that just took a lot of time to settle out. And I guess if I were in this position, knowing what I know now, I would give myself a lot of grace that everything was not going to get done like it was when I was here by myself, but that it would settle out and things would end up the way they were supposed to be. And I will say that even though having children and grandchildren move back home was not in my plan, it has ended up being a tremendous blessing to be able to be a part of their lives like that. But that's something that you only see in hindsight. Mm -hmm. It's true. We just never know. What about you, Mm -hmm. Suzanne? Well, long before my husband retired, he said to me, is it going to bother you that I'm not out of the house all day long? (laughs) And, uh, And we moved in the process. You know, I'm like happy. I love my house. I love time to myself. And so that was kind of, an, uh, you know, a little bit of an obstacle that we, you know, had to work out, but it's fine because he goes off to golf and I enjoy my days when I have the house to myself. But um, I also, because we moved and, you know, I was sort of redefining some of the things I had to learn where I wanted to serve and kind of just learn that new rhythm of life that was going to be when I had no longer had children that I had to carry around or make food for or whatever. So it was learning a new way of life. And I needed that community to help me, you know, just kind of shape that and, you know, just kind of help feel like I belonged somewhere. And yet I still could, I waffle between being an introvert and an extrovert or an extroverted introvert. And so incorporating those things into my life, one with the community and two with kind of identifying where I was going to serve. It was, you know, just kind of learning the new rhythm. Right. Yeah, it is a new rhythm when we have changes with our husbands, for sure. What about you, Brenda? I think the biggest obstacle or problem that I particularly have faced as an empty nester is the lack of friends. For some reason, maybe it's because we moved here right before covid and we're in a really big church and we live in an apartment building where it's we're definitely the oldest ones. <laughs> but making friends has really been hard during these emptiness years. That's why I've really appreciated my online community a lot. And it's not something that I get down about, but it's definitely a need. And it's something that I'm working through also because we are an empty nester couple, but I'm the one that's home all day because my husband still does work. The friendship challenge has been big. And we're figuring that out. That's true, because we also are moving out of a phase. Well, number one, if you move, that that is a challenge there. But then when you move out of a certain phase, oftentimes your friendship circle, your friend circle changes just because you're not in the same um, kind of lifestyle anymore. So that's true. What about you, Pat? Well, my biggest challenge was just not knowing what to do. I had spent so many years Homeschooling was wonderful, but it really kept me enmeshed with my kids and just the homeschooling community. And I realized that I 
couldn't move just logistically wasn't going to be able to move forward with that because all the kids had graduated. But then it was like, oh, wait, what do I do? You know, not knowing what to do both relationally, you know, relationships. My homeschooling was pretty much everything for a long time in my life. So, but how your book can help. Um, and I thought was to encourage, and I would want to encourage somebody who's facing emptiness is to explore possibilities. And that includes what you want. What are your wants? What are your needs? Which you know, if you raise, we had five kids. I had a lot of interaction with them and I spent a lot of time doing what I felt they needed or what they wanted and, and just totally neglecting my own self. So welcome, embrace that, you know, that you can explore possibilities, which includes what your needs and wants are. And the other thing that, that the book really helped me with was uh, reminded me is to maintain hope. Like empty nesting can be wonderful. It, it can be scary too. It's a whole big life transition. And as the ladies pointed out, like friends and moving and all that, as you get older, even, even if you try to be open to things, you do find you're set in your ways or you have habits and it makes it harder to do all those things. But there's always hope. Many people have been through it and lived through it and you can too. <laughs> That's right. And that is one of the biggest things that I wanted readers to come away with, with Emptiness Awakening, is that there is hope. There is life after kids. There is life in this new stage. It doesn't look like it did. It's the end of an era, yes. But there is so much more to look forward to. And you just don't know what God is going to do with you because he's planted desires inside of you. And those desires are actually his desires. So it's okay to pursue them. I have a chapter in the book called, Is It Selfish to Dream? And in the midst of caregiving and grandparenting and, you know, wanting to keep the family bond strengthened, a lot of times we lose ourselves, like Pat said, and I think it's important that we do take care of ourselves and that we do listen to those dreams. One last question for everybody. What is your favorite part of empty nesting? Kathy? grandkids because they're just perfect and fun and I just because mine are almost one to 15 like you Brenda and I have loved every stage of it and also watching my kids be parents and then laughing when they say things they never thought they'd say that had come out of my mouth And also, I just remember when our oldest was little and he was in our backyard and Tony and I, we we just sat there and watched him. And when we were raising kids at that time of day, we'd be rushing home, getting dinner, rushing everybody around doing life. And it's just the pace that you have to enjoy another little human's childhood. And you're not responsible for how they grow up. That's just a blessing. And when you're older, you have perspective. So if they do do something that would have would have killed your own kids for you, really realize that, mm-hmm. that is true. It is so nice to just sit back and let the parents take care of it. And I know when our youngest is about to turn one, and I just love sitting and watching him, just watching him. I don't remember doing that with my kids. I was no. too busy. There was it was too much going on. Uh, what about you, Suzanne? What's your favorite? thing about being an empty nester? Well, it's hard to narrow it down. I do really enjoy the grandchildren as well. Um, Ours range from almost one to just turned 13. So, 
you know, they all are so individual and so different, yet you can see, oh, that child looks just like my son. So it's interesting to see them grow up and see their talents evolve and that kind of thing. But it's, it's also interesting that you brought up that chapter. That's what I was going to end with. Is it selfish to dream? Because, you know, now we have time to focus on some other things. It's not, you know, getting lunches made and, you know, making sure someone gets to soccer and to gymnastics and, you know, all the things. We have a little more time to hone in on gifts that we know the Lord gave us, but we now have time to pursue a little more. You know, now I enjoy you know singing with the worship team, whereas I didn't think I really would ever do that or would have time to do that. And some other things that I've been able to like learn Instagram. I love Instagram. And so, you know, having the time to do that is even, you know, something that I wasn't sure I had time for before. So those are the things, you know, enjoying honing in on some gifts, God-given talents, but you have time to do them, you know, a little more now. Mm-hmm. I like that too. What about you, Brenda? What's your favorite part about being an empty nester? Well, just like the other ladies, definitely grandkids. But I will say that being an empty nester has given me a lot of time to travel. And I like being in the car with my husband, thankfully, because Texas is a big old state. And so my goal for this year has been to see every state park, which there are 89. So that's a lot of time in the car crisscrossing back and forth across Texas. But it's my favorite part. I love the adventure of all the new places we have seen, all the new stops we have made, and all the new conversations we've had in the car. So I've really enjoyed this one-on-one time that my husband and I have together. And even just watching ball games is something new for me. I never took the time to do that when we had kids around. And I was always busy or cross-stitching or cooking or something when the ball game was on and he was watching. So now I've kind of given into some of that too. And it's just, it's just fun. I agree. I agree. I was always busy too, doing some something with my hands at least. So it's nice to just not have to feel that pressure to always be productive. <laughs> So what about you, Pat? What's your favorite thing about being an empty nester? Well, of course, it's, you know, there's grandkids and uh, Brenda, like you, I love traveling as as I'm in an airport right now. But you know, the other thing, I know there's a lot of my friends whose kids have, for some reason or another, decided not to have children. And so I just want to encourage the empty nesters who do not have grandkids to go ahead and dig into the adult relationships you have with your kids. Because even with my grandkids, it is fascinating to me how I raised five kids and they are all so vastly different. And I just kind of sit sometimes in awe with them. Like we all have great relationships. We spend time together. I'm finding I'm much less maternal, you know, with them. I don't tell them what to do, but I ask them sincere questions. Well, why do you think that way? What are you going to do about that? And it fascinates me to hear their answers. So dig into your adult kids relationships too, because grandkids are awesome, no doubt. But if you don't have them, I, I, I have a friend, especially that I'm thinking of, who's pretty much in kind of in mourning that she's not going to have grandkids. But, you know, I, she's got three great adult kids that like mine that gold mine too, honey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. We're so darn proud of you, though. I mean, I we are <laughs> so proud of you. So proud of you. Thank you. This book is good. This book is it good. Is, no, it is really good. The content's good and you it's so well written. 
And I'm so glad that the chapters were relatively short because I kind of read it in devotion, a chapter a day in devotional time. It gave me something to think about. So, yeah, everything about it, spot on. It's really good. I love that I can read it in your voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's um, another thing, Ruthie. Are you going to do an audio? Yes, so I am. Good. In fact, I wanted to release the audio at the same time, but I haven't had any time to record it. So I will do that. It'll probably be 2024, but I'm definitely going to do it. It's interesting because I think that I could even expand on the book to make it into a Bible study or devotional or group study or have uh, discussion questions in the back or something like that. I can see anybody in the emptiness space who wanted to do like a a book club or a study, that's a really good idea. That would be a way uh, to connect with your audience or like somebody want me to connect with my audience and a tool that has God at the center of it, but it's not studying a book of the Bible. It's really helping a midlife woman examine some of the questions that we all have mm-hmm. from somebody who's been the place of the caregiver and the adult kids and the grandkids and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. When I was reading this, I had an opportunity. I had an afternoon to myself at my daughter's house. House was quiet. And I sat in this big chair and I read it start to finish. And I cried a lot through it. And then I also thought, you know what? Oh my goodness. My daughter is going to be an empty nester. I just kept screenshotting things to send to her. But I'm just going to give her the book now because it just got to be too much. Some of the questions, you know, Ruthie, that you asked and like the journaling pages and stuff, those are invaluable when you're really trying to figure out what to do. So I think this book has a lot of purpose for a lot of different people. That's different. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. You could, you know, you could do all kinds of things at 38. Wasn't that a wonderful conversation? It gave me the warm fuzzies having these four in the same room again. Next week, we're going to talk to them a little bit more about each of their entrepreneurial journeys. So you'll want to join us again for that episode, part two. Key takeaways from today is number one, invest in yourself. As Kathy mentioned, don't wait to invest in your personal and professional growth, whether it's coaching courses or joining Just a supportive community, whether online or in person, investing in yourself can accelerate your progress and make you happier in your business or your personal life. Number two, community is crucial. Suzanne highlighted the importance of finding a supportive community, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals and having a guide can help you navigate challenges make lasting connections, and find new opportunities. That feedback is invaluable. Number three, embrace change and pivot. Brenda shared how she took a leap into retirement and moved into new pursuits such as skincare and social media presence. Embracing change and viewing life as an intentional adventure allows you to discover new passions and unlock new possibilities. And Pat shared her vulnerability going through a divorce, but coming out strong and supported by her family and friends and business clients. Her business has exploded just in this last year. If you haven't read the book, Empty Nest Awakening, Weaving the Threads of Your Passions into Purpose, I hope you'll pick it up on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. 
Be sure to get the hard copy because it has questions at the end of chapters and spaces for you to think and journal. And I think that you'll find it super helpful, especially if you are in the empty nest stage. Whether you're wanting to start a business or not, this book is for the empty nest mom who is looking for new purpose and trying to figure out what to do next. And she can look at her background and her learned traits and her inherent skills. I just walk you through all of that inside the book. So pick up your copy today and I hope you'll join us next week. Until then, be sure to share your message, your way, in your own authentic voice. Thank you.